Chapter Two of Rival Pictures of Oakdale. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Eaton. Rival Pictures of Oakdale by Morgan Scott. Chapter Two Baseball Practice. With the close of the afternoon session, many of the boys palpitantly eager to get out onto the field went racing and shouting down through the yard and across the gymnasium where their baseball suits were kept elliot followed more sedately yet with quickened step for he was not less eager than his more exuberant teammates berlin barker slender cold and sometimes disposed to be haughty and overbearing joined him on his way we'll soon be at it again said barker the season opens saturday and i have a feeling it's going to be a hot one it wouldn't surprise me if we had to play a stiff game in order to take a fall out of barville you know they developed a strong pitcher in that man sanger the last of the season why he actually held wyndham down to three hits in the last game and barville would have won only for the blow up in the eighth inning roger nodded lee sanger certainly did good work for barville after he hit his pace but springer ought to be in good shape for the opening not having been compelled to pitch his wing stiff the way he did last year confidentially roger said berlin i've never regarded springer as anything great i wouldn't say this to anyone else for we are good friends but i fancy you know his weak points he's not a stayer he never was and he never will be with the game coming his way he's pretty good especially so as long as he can keep the bases clean but one or two hits at a critical moment puts him up in the air and he's liable to lose his head only for the way you steady him down behind the pan he'd never show up half as well as he does now this was a truth which no one knew better than elliot himself although he had never whispered it to a living soul springer owed his success mainly to the heady work good backstopping clever coaching and steadying influence of elliot who did nearly all the thinking for phil while the latter was on the slab this however is often the case with many pitchers who are more than passably successful to the outsider to the watcher from the stand or the bleachers the pitcher frequently seems to be the man who is pitting his brains and skill against the brains and skill of the opposing batters and delivering the goods when the actual fact remains that it is the man at the receiving end who is doing nine-tenths of the thinking and without whose discernment sagacity skill and directing ability the twirler would make a pitiful show of himself there are pictures who recognise this fact and have the generosity to acknowledge it but in most cases especially with youngsters no matter how much he may owe to the catcher the slab man takes all the credit and fancies he deserves it oh springer's all right declared roger loyally but of course he needs someone to do part of the work so that he won't use himself up and i have hopes that he'll succeed in coaching grant into a good second-string man he's enthusiastic you know says grant is coming queer how chummy those fellows have become laughed barker shortly i don't know whether rod grant can make a picture of himself or not but i was thinking that hooker might pan out fairly well if only phil would take the same interest and pains with him as he's taking with rod perhaps so said the captain of the nine but i have my doubts roy is too egotistical to listen to advice and coaching and he entertains the mistaken idea that curves and speed are all a pitcher needs he hasn't any control but he might acquire it he might if he only had the patience to try for it and work hard but you know he's no worker they had reached the gymnasium 
and the discussion was dropped as they entered and joined the boys in the dressing-room who were hurriedly getting into their baseball togs hooker was there with the others for he had a suit of his own which was one of the best of the discarded uniforms given up at the opening of the previous season when the team had purchased new suits there was a great deal of joshing and laughter in which roy took no part for he was a fellow who found little amusement in the usual babble and jests of his schoolmates and nothing aroused his resentment quicker than to be made the butt of a harmless joke he had once choked cooper purple in the face in retaliation for a jest put upon him by the audacious rattle-brained little chap but later chipper had accepted roy's apologies and protestations of regret practically forgetting the unpleasant incident which however roy never did aha cried sile crane bringing forth and flourishing a long burnt battered bat here's old buster the sack cleaner howdy do my friend i'm certainly glad to shake ye again up to date said cooper tying his shoes i've never seen you do any great shakes with old buster oh ain't ye snapped sile resentfully mebbe you forgot that three stacker i got with this club in the clearport game mm-hmm mumbled chipper now you mention it i do have a faint recollection of that marvellous accident you were trying to dodge the ball weren't you sile you just shut your blinkers and ducked and pitkins inshoot caromed off the bat over into right field and got lost in the grass if we all hadn't yelled for you to run you'd be standing there now wondering what happened you're another flung back crane i made a clean three sacker and you know it well anyhow you got anchored on third and failed to come home when i bunted on a signal for the squeeze the clearport has had barrels of fun with you over that i remember barney carney asking you if you'd brought your bed oh rats rasped crane striding toward the open gym door and carrying his pet bat some parts of your memory ought to be amputated what a cutting thing to say grinned cooper rising to follow the field surrounded by a high board fence was located near the gymnasium and in a few minutes all the boys were on it and ready for business announcing that they would begin with a little plain fielding practice elliot assigned them their positions do you care to go into right roy he asked turning to hooker as the last one not i was the instant answer that's not my position i'm no outfielder right field indeed oh very well said roger tuttle go ahead out sure said chubb agreeably waddling promptly away to fill the position assigned him springer will bat to the outfield and grant to the inn directed the captain after we warm up a little we'll try some regular batting and base running using the old system of signals hooker who had a ball of his own turned away and found fred sage whose sole interest in the line of sports lay in football and who therefore had taken no part in baseball after making a decided failure on one occasion when the team being short he had allowed himself to be coaxed into a uniform there's an extra mitt on the bench fred said roy if you'll catch me i'll work a few kinks out of my arm can't you find somebody else asked sage reluctantly i came out to look on oh come ahead urged tucker get your blood to circulating who would ever think you were the quarterback of the great oakdale eleven here's the mitt take it come over by the fence requested fred i'll let that do most of the back stopping over by the fence they went and hooker began limbering up calling the curves he would use before throwing them he had them all but as usual he was wild as a hawk and sage would have been forced to do some tall jumping and reaching had he attempted to catch the ball more than half the time you've got some great benders roy if you could ever put them over commented fred i can put them over when i want to was the retort 
it's only a chump pitcher who keeps the ball over the pan all the time satisfied after a time he decided to stop not a little to the relief and satisfaction of sage elliot was just announcing that the team would begin regular batting and base running practice and immediately roy asked the privilege of pitching all right agreed roger but remember this is to be batting practice and not a workout for pitchers start it off springer and run out your hit you'll follow him grant come in from the field stone and tuttle let some of the youngsters chase the balls out there we've got to have four batters working chubb and ben came trotting in as springer took his place at the plate the captain requested two younger boys to back him up and return the balls he chose to let pass and then hooker towed the slab resolved to show these fellows what he could do he put all his speed into the first ball pitched a sharp shoot which caught springer on the hip in spite of phil's effort to dodge it say what are you trying to do spluttered the batter as he hobbled in a circle around the plate that one slipped said hooker i got more of a twist on it than i intended phil picked up the bat which he had dropped and resumed his position three times roy pitched wildly and then when he finally got the ball over springer met it for a clean single and trotted to first now play the game fellows called elliot from behind the pan hooker's small eyes glittered as rodney grant stepped to the plate like a flash he pitched again using an in-shoot grant stepped back held his bat loosely and bunted as bat and ball met the texan's fingers seemed to release the club and it fell to the ground almost as soon as the ball like a jack-rabbit he was off shooting down the line towards first while springer who had known by the signal just what was coming romped easily to second hooker had not intended for grant to bunt that ball having tried to send it high and close and now in his haste to secure the sphere he stumbled over it and ere he could recover and throw the speedy boy from the lone star state was so near first that elliot shouted hold it his face flushed his underjaw outshot a bit further than usual roy returned to the box ignoring chipper cooper who was cackling with apparent great delight tuttle waddled toward the pan bat in hand i'll strike him out easy enough thought roy instead of that he pitched four wide ones all of which were declared balls by sage who had been requested to umpire and chubb jogged to first complaining that hooker had been afraid to let him hit then came stone who let a wide one pass but reached a bit for the next caught it about six inches from the end of his bat and laced it fairly over the centre field fence a feat rarely performed on those grounds my arm isn't in shape yet said hooker trying to remain deaf to the laughter of the boys as the runners trotted over the sacks and came home i won't pitch any more to-day elliot End of chapter two